Welcome to the Made to Parade podcast, sponsored by the British Drum Company, manufacturers of the Phantom, Regimental Series and Axial Parade drums that look amazing, sound amazing and feel amazing. All right, folks, welcome back to the Made to Parade podcast. You are joining us on episode number six of season number four, and it's great to have you with us. We have a great episode lined up for you today, and I'll tell you a wee bit about that in a minute. Just as usual, I want to say thank you to everybody who listened in to our last episode with the Cowan Memorial Flute Band. Absolutely fantastic conversation with those guys there, and uh, I know I really enjoyed that, and it seems like quite a few of you did as well. On to today's episode, and uh, today we are going to be talking with Graham Kernahan from the Cambridge Crown Defenders Flute Band based in Canada and this is an episode that I've been looking forward to doing for quite some time obviously with my own history in terms of being Canadian and uh, it's great to be able to feature one of the bands from my own country which is is great and Graham and I had a conversation a couple of weeks back and it was it was fantastic just to hear his passion about bands and how he feels connected to Northern Ireland still even though he is thousands of miles away so I'll be back a wee bit later as per usual just to give you some updates etc but until then sit back relax and enjoy the conversation with Graham. Folks welcome along to season four of the, the Made to Pray podcast as you know we are always looking to um, expand uh, the, in terms of the bonds that we look at and tonight I am actually talking with a member of a Canadian bond. Um, I'm joined on the podcast by Graham Kernahan all the way over in Cambridge, just a wee bit outside Toronto. Graham, you are very welcome with us on the podcast today, mate. Great to have you. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Graham, maybe it'd be a good place for us to start, because obviously, you know, you have a wee twinge of a Canadian accent, and uh, obviously you, you, your your days didn't start in, in Canada. Maybe it'd be a good place to tell us maybe how you, you landed in Canada first and foremost, and then we'll talk a bit about how you got involved in bonds, or maybe that's tied in. Well, it's actually, it's the other way around. Actually, I started in Canada first. I right. was born here and uh, my parents moved over in 52. And that's why I was born 11 years later. And that's how that kind of got started. Okay. So I'm Canadian born, but I have that. Every time I go back home or anything like that, it just seems to come out. And it's just that, that accent there just a little bit, you know, just comes out of it. So uh-huh. Brilliant. So, a bit like, a bit like myself, then. Obviously, um, I started off uh, in, in Canada, and I ended up. I have, I have no trace of an accent whatsoever. Um, so, it's great. So, in terms of how did you first get started in, in bonds? What sparked your interest? Well, it was my dad. Um, he he got us going. He was in bands. Uh, he left he had a couple of bands overseas in a hockle where he was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, started there, and then when he moved over to Canada, he joined uh, an accordion band in Toronto, and it was a Northern Ireland accordion band, so uh, he was a member of that for quite some time, probably about mid-60s, uh, and then joined the Ulster accordion band in Toronto as well at, at that time. They were both big bands going strong, and uh, it was after that, probably when we got to the Centennial accordion band up in Richmond Hill that I was old enough to participate. So I started when I was about six years old. They got yeah. me in there right in practice and get me going and playing a triangle to start with. It's just, you know, at that age. 
um, then moved up to cymbals, whatnot. And then next thing I know, uh, in the same band that I ended up being a drummer, side drummer. And I was lead tip by about 12 years old. Right. So, uh, and after that, um, we just, he wanted to start his own band. And that's what he did. And he started a band called the Maple Leaf Accordion Band. All right, okay. Uh, we started that one in Richmond Hill. And we've been, had that going since from 75 right up until his passing at 83. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, he left us early, but we kept it going. My brothers and I, we kept it going. And it was just suggested at that time to change the name of the band so under his name. So it was a family, not a family member, but a member of the band wanted it in his name mm -hmm. so to the John Curnahan Memorial Accordion Band. And uh, that's the way it stayed until 96. And uh, that's where the Irish Ulster connection comes in with me because I moved over to Northern Ireland in 96. Right brother and his wife and we we kept the band going over there with the same name oh, okay right the whole way on the boat everything took them across <laughs> <laughs> we had to wait for it to get there but once we got them all we started the band up there and it was the same name and we had it going i had it going until it was like 2001 okay so it's i think it's kind of interesting because i don't know of any other bands that would have the same name that started in one country and also continued in another yeah. i don't know if anyone has but that's kind of interesting for me yeah i would say if it has it's probably been by accident graham you know that maybe bonds having a similar name but it definitely wouldn't be the same bond i'd say anyway yeah it wouldn't be like moving the band over and then starting and then so that's mm -hmm. kind of different there but uh after 2001 i just i it didn't work anymore because we were in a country area and it was too many accordion bands around and mm -hmm. it's got a little less for members and then after that, I joined the Ahako Flute Band and started my fluting days there. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I did that, do the side drum. And uh, after that, we moved. I moved back to Canada in 2004. And then I've been in the present band as it is today since 2007. Right, okay. Cambridge Crown Defenders Flute Band. So Brilliant. I'm the bass drummer for the band right now. Okay, so I want to roll back. What was it like in those kind of early days? Was it were you conscious of you know the house being you know kind of filled with music and you know your was your your dad actively obviously encouraging you to to pick stuff up or what what was that whole thing like when you were growing up there? It was bands all the time. That's all it was. That's what he was. That's what the whole family was. Um, it's just you had to be up early to get to the parade. If you were late, you're in trouble. Like he was chasing out the door. Like you just, you had to get up and get going. And I had two other brothers, older brothers, and one was always sleeping in and getting late sort of things. So he was pushing us out the door. Let's go, let's go. We got to go. So, but it was all bands. Just, there's so many back then. There was just mm -hmm. a lot of bands back at that time, back in the 60s, 70s and 80s. It was probably the best time that I remember because mm -hmm. it was so many bands there, recording bands, flute bands all over the place from all over and you just it was just you would think you were just back home it just that's what it felt like to me and i wasn't mm -hmm. expecting that until i actually moved over there and saw yeah. how many there but that's what it felt like to me at the time and i didn't know what it was like in northern ireland i just right, know okay. I but it was just exciting seeing all these people every year every parade just talking to them again meeting new friends 
family, everything. It was just an exciting time, and I really enjoyed it. What do you? You were saying that you you had to wait a certain age, whatever. You were about six, I think you said about when you you joined up at first. What what was it like picking up an instrument for the first time? Obviously, you were saying yeah, obviously tr- uh, triangle, and then moving on to cymbals, maybe straightforward. When did you move on to the the accordion then? Um, the accordion or the was drum or the accordion. I started. I probably started learning that around eight years old. Right. But it was after the cymbals type. But I played that for a while, and I remember my very first song that I played on the accordion that I was taught, and that was Amazing Grace. Mm-hmm. That was the very first one that was taught by the bandmaster at the time, who was very strict <laughs> back okay. then. But uh, that's what I first remember, and I loved playing it. I still love playing it. I have my own here. I still have, like, five in the house. Right, okay. I love playing them. It's kind of my first thing. But right. after that, it just... I started to get into this interest in the drums as a young kid would, a young boy. Mm-hmm. And I started playing the drums and I was taught by a, a drummer from a Northern Ireland accordion band at the time. He was a professional drummer. Right. He did records and whatnot with dance bands and everything. And he happened to be in the bands at the time and he taught me how to play. And then my brothers taught me cause they were older. And I just got onto the drums then and then I sort of went back and forth for years. Like if there was parades, maybe we were, we were kind of low in members. Mm. You, you kind of switch around, you know, you, well, well, will you do accordion today and I'll do drum today or whatever. And I think that's the luxury we had, luxury we had back then. Mm. We taught people that because you never know if you're going to have a bad outing, you can maybe move somebody around and it just works out. Yeah, there, there's something about that in terms of having a, a flexibility in terms of, you know, people playing multiple instruments. And I suppose that's even still the case even today, you know, even, you know, smaller bonds, you know, need people to be a bit more versatile and uh, be able to play, you know, multiple instruments to kind of help them out. It was actually, we were watching a parade um, the other night, and there was a, a smallish bond um, walking and uh, they had um, three bass drummers but the two spur bass drummers were were playing flutes you know so they were standing you know waiting uh to to take the drum off but they were playing the flute at the same time it's just a a real a key thing so can you remember what your first parade was i've been trying to think about that one and i don't think at age six or seven i probably would have done the 12th at that one because and it was really long Mm -hmm. uh, long walk um I would probably have done a small country parade or something, a fair parade that we do a lot of. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot of Christmas parades as well because of, that's the time of year that's there's all kinds of parades. Like you make all kinds of money at it too because you get paid for every parade you're at. Right. So, but it was probably probably a, a small country parade or something like that just to get started. But I do remember the the twelfth on the symbols the most. When I was younger, when I was on the cymbals, and I the cymbals were bent back a few times and <laughs> had to keep fixing them during the parade because it just they wouldn't last any longer. So after that, I kind of wore out my welcome with the cymbals, and they just got onto the drums and accordion, <laughs> get going with it because I couldn't play half the time because they were bent. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so you were, you were you were beating a life out on, were you? Yes, I was. <laughs> Very good. And and talk to us a wee bit about what the obviously we're saying at that at that stage, you know, there was quite a healthy bond scene in in Canada, or at least in the it's obviously I'm thinking in the in the Toronto direction or around Ontario um, as a whole. Um, but what was that? What was that like in terms of the amount of parades? You know, you're saying there was all those regional things. 
what was that like? Was it always kind of well, were they always well attended? Or was there lots of bonds there? Was it small and dependent on what? So what, what was it actually the scene like? At the parades, they, they were everywhere. They, this, mm -hmm. A lot of bands just went everywhere. There was a couple that maybe weren't as out as you would think they should have been out. Mm -hmm. But a lot of bands would do the same parades together, even if it wasn't the 12th parade or the Apprentice Boys Parade or anything like that. We would all meet up at Christmas parades and do stuff like that, regional parades. You, you saw them all the time. Mm -hmm. Like July 1st was a big day because it was uh, in Scarborough, they have the July 1st parade, which is Canada's birthday. Yeah. And they always did that one at night because it was a competition parade. Mm -hmm. So everybody went there to compete, to get first, right. second, and third prize. And there was a lot of bands over from overseas that came and did those before they went and did the 12th on, on our soil. Like mm -hmm. right of uh, the Morn Defenders were there a few times. The Carrie Def Accordion Band came over and marched in that parade. Right. Um, there was others, James Carroll Memorial, Albert Bridge Accordion Band was there. Oh. Well, um, so that was a big parade that probably drew, drew everybody into it. Mm. it was like doing another 12th. That's what it seemed like. <laughs> Everybody was there. And then all the other parades, you just saw them every so often, depending on where their area was, they would pick certain parades because there's parades everywhere. There was just endless parades. You couldn't do enough there. And there was so many parades. Okay. And then, so obviously, you know, we'll, we'll maybe talk a wee bit later on and about, you know, what the, the scene's like, obviously now. Um, so, Obviously, you, you were saying there that you, you then made a move. At one point later on, you moved the bond, you know, across to Northern Ireland. You, you brought that with you. What, what was that like for you in regards to the experience, one of having, you know, been in Canada for so long and then making that shift over to, to Northern Ireland and then kind of encountering the scene that exists here uh, and then bringing a bond uh, to life in, in the midst of what it is and has always seemed to be a very vibrant bond scene? It was, for me, it was very, very exciting. Uh, it's something I always wanted to do. I felt, I felt like I should have been born there to start with because it, <laughs> okay. it's in the blood and it's there and it's, it just, there's no other feeling for it because I'm, as what some people here might call band nuts. Okay. Of the bands, left, right, and center, there's just, I can't get enough of them, but it was exciting to come over. And then when I saw my first few parades, it was like, there's so many. Like, you just don't know of how many there really is until you get there. And that's when you realize how big it is and what part you've played in another country. Mm. And you're bringing it over there and you go over there and you start it there. And it's like, this is unbelievable. Like, I'm a part of this whole scene. Mm. I've never seen before yeah. and it's just amazing no matter where you went there was so many bands a small country parade over there was bigger than what we had here right mm -hmm. just, just because you have the people there to do it we don't we only have the ones that immigrated yeah so it's hard to you got to keep up trying going in the family tradition somehow here to do that mm -hmm. but over there it's just there's so many people to draw from and it's just amazing to see the sight of bands and I remember going to Praise of Ballymena and Pride of the Mains Parade. Everyone yeah. watched every year and Bally Keel's Parade and Ballymena. And it's like 70 bands, more even. Mm -hmm. It's like, I wish we could have that here. 
It's just amazing. Like, well, I think I remember in our days, it was probably 30, 35 at most right. out of good years. But that's like nothing compared to what you get over there. And it was just so much excitement. I just had to go. It's something I always wanted to do, and I did it. I lived there for eight years, and I still keep going back whenever I can. But obviously, this COVID thing has stopped the traveling for now. So I uh -huh. haven't been back for three or four years. But we're going to be going back hopefully again next year. Because um, we want to get back again. We really miss it. So, but it's just, I, I can't put it into words other than it's just so exciting just to take it over there and start a band there, especially with my dad's name. And mm. that a lot to me. And because that's where he was from. And he sure. never got to take his band back there. Right. He never got the chance to do that. And I did. And I just felt that was exciting all around, just on all angles. Can you remember the first parade that you did over here um, uh, under your dad's name for the band? You know, and what that, can you maybe share with us what that was like? Because obviously I'm picking up a real sense of you, you know, really kind of being a, almost in awe of the scene here, you know, after having been involved to some degree. And then you realize, as I say, that connection, what you're actually connected to, there has to be some level of real major emotion that was connected to walking with that band for the first time here on this soil, knowing that you're, you know, as you were saying, that your your dad hadn't done that. And then here you were with a bass drum and a band carrying his name. That's got to be mind-blowing. It, it was amazing, especially when the bass drum that we brought over was actually bought in Sandy Row in 85. Yeah. My brother brought it back and to Canada, and we've been using that drum ever since. That's the one I use today, actually, with the Crown Defenders band. Right. The same drum, so taking it back again was awesome but our first parade there was and we were very small to get started because we had to get going just to get the name out mm -hmm. was in grace hill right in between balamina and ahawkel there there's a little village and it was the grace hill fair right and they wanted a band there there was a band there it was a our, our band was there though i think it was a pipe band there as well and i'm not sure there might have been a flute band i'm trying to remember but that was our first parade that we walked and it was small, but it was what got us going. And it was just a, a, a wonderful feeling just to be able to do that, just to get it started. And then after that, it was just parades in the town we started with until we got going bigger. Mm -hmm. And then we were all over. We did Scotland a couple of times. We did the 12th there. Right, okay. And uh, mostly we did the Clock Mills District. Right. For the 12th. Um, we were with a, a lodge in Clock. And that's where we paraded most of the 12th. But that was probably our first, that was our first parade was Grace Hill. Okay. It was just a small thing, but we got started and that's how you get started. Yeah, no, and that, that's, that's gotta be amazing. Is there a standout parade that you done while you were here? Was there a parade that you kind of went, that's the parade of the year for me? I'd say it obviously the 12th always stands out for people, but I know for me um, here in Belfast, it's, it's the 1st of July for me is is the parade of the year and and that's closely followed by funnily enough not the 12th but um Derry day is you know is the the one the parade that comes really really close to the likes of the first of july for me and i suppose the first of july for me is maybe one is poignant because it's obviously one canada's birthday but it's also two it's the commemoration in regards to the battle of the somme 
And that really means a lot to me um, in terms of being able to walk around and almost do, it's almost like a double celebration for me. You know, it's like, um, or a commemoration of the, the bravery of the, the men who fought from here. And obviously, you know, there were lots of people even from, from Canada and beyond and who, who came and fought in Europe, but also then to know that there's that, that bond between the, the two countries on that date. Yes, that exactly is what we do here. And I think that's why a lot of the bands here always walked on July 1st in Canada because it was, it was doing both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's why they did it. We still do it today. The Crown Defenders here, we walk in Cambridge on July 1st every year. And it's for both reasons. And we do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, big parade over there. It's Like you said, I think London Dairy Walk was just unbelievable. It's... I don't know. It's I I have a picture my parents took of me when I was small, and they took a picture of me sitting on the cannon in London on the walls of Londonderry, and it's like I saw that when I was growing up the picture, and I'm thinking, well, that'd be cool to see those again. (laughs) To go there and to be part of that parade in that town and where the walls were, it was like, holy, this is amazing. Like (laughs) it was something else to do, but. Again, that's a big one. The 12th always big for me just because there's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ones in Valamina because my family's from there as well. Mm-hmm. And there's always so many bands at it and it's just so big. And just to stand there and watch them all go by, it's amazing. It really is amazing. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I suppose for me, and one of the things that I've been really um, looking forward to after, obviously parades are starting to come back here at the moment. And uh, I think if you if we'd have come on about thirty minutes before now, Graham, you would have probably heard a bond in the background. There's a there's a protest period going on on the Shago Road at the minute. And uh, but interesting enough, one of the very first parades that um, happened there as we were coming out of our own lockdown there was was part of the main. And uh, you know yes. it was great. I ended up uh, I wasn't there. Uh, but a, a friend of, of mine was uh, broadcasting live, you know, doing the whole Facebook live thing from um, the parade. And it was great to see um, so many bonds out on the road. Obviously, big, massive gaps between them in regards to the trying to keep things right with the COVID regulations and so on. But it was great to see, you know, bonds back on back on the road again, you know. It was really good. I saw the video of that parade just because I had to see it again. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. For a good start anyways to get back at it. Yeah, definitely. And I think there was there was a parade in Korean um the, the week before that as well. You know, there was a reasonable, you know, attendance at it um on too. Um, but it was uh, I think uh, part of the hill or so or somebody else in terms of a Korean band. And then yeah, obviously you hopefully you got to see the like uh, there was Bali Kill was there, the Sons of Ulster. Um absolutely fantastic band. And yeah. uh, I've a lot of time for for those guys. And you know, so so you obviously spent some time here. You, you paraded around here, and then what what prompted the decision to go back to to Canada? Then you know, obviously being here for eight years or so, what prompted you to go back? Well, that one was more uh, for family reasons. Uh, okay. There was somebody that wasn't well, and we had to go back. Okay. Well, and that was mainly the reason at that time. But I would give anything to go back again. And okay. Uh, over there, it's. To me, it feels like home. I feel more relaxed there. It's just the place to be for me. And I know some people say, why would you want to go back there with all <laughs> going on and this and that? And I said, well, I don't see it. When I'm there, I don't see it. 
it's just what the media plays. And I think mm. that's the wrong way. They need to show the good stuff and not the bad stuff. Yeah. No, definitely. There's a lot of great stuff happens here. There's bad stuff everywhere, no matter where yeah. you go. So well, that's it. That's all they want to report. I know. And, I, and that's one of the things behind the, the podcast as well, Graham, is that, you know, promoting the positive aspects, you know, because we've always said, you know, we have a really vibrant bond scene, and I think it's a really positive thing in terms of culture, et cetera, and the promotion of music and musical skill and so on. Uh, and yet the only time that people really seem to be interested in it is when there's a negative story um, that they want to kind of talk about. They, they miss every, the, the thousands upon thousands of hours of stuff that nothing actually happens in, and the amount of enjoyment that people get from being involved in bonds here. It must have been heartbreaking, though, to kind of go to pack stuff up you know, and go, right, you know, we've fulfilled a, a life dream here. We've, we've taken a bond. We've brought them to, you know, Northern Ireland. We've paraded around. And then having to kind of hold that. It was. It was a little hard. It took a lot to get over. That's what I said. I came back in 2004. And I didn't really get to a band again until 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a couple of years to kind of, and then by, by the time I came back, it was, there wasn't as many bands as when I left, mm-hmm. you know, some were starting to fold and it was unfortunate, but I just thought that's what I got to do is what I do. And that's what I want to do. And I shouldn't have to stop that for anything. And mm-hmm. I just go out there and have a good time and I support the heritage and that's what my dad would have wanted. And yeah. that's what he drummed into me. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. I want to support where my family came from. That's, what we do yeah and uh, so then obviously you took a wee bit of time out before you know jumping back in obviously you you couldn't stay away from it for for good you had to to get back in and then you obviously you you formed the 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 crown defenders then well the the crown defenders that have been around since 1977 all right okay this is their 44th year right now all right no worries and actually when i was living overseas at the time in 98 they actually came over for the 12th and oh, I was okay. there and I thought that's cream. That's Cambridge. I know it is. So mm-hmm. I would run across the field to see if they were that, that was actually them. And it was, and I was like, Oh my gosh, they're over for a trip. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so I got to see them again, but like it, they've been around for 44 years. And All right. Okay. No worries. Dead on. And, uh, how did, so how did you end up migrating to them? Was that just in terms of where you lived? They were nearby or what was the story? It's definitely not nearby. That's the <laughs> issue with Canada. People don't realize how big this country is. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, it's it's huge compared to Northern Ireland. And you, whenever there's very few bands left, if you want to be part of it, you just travel and you do it. Mm-hmm. That's the heart that you put into it, and that's what I do. I go. I'm actually living about an hour, hour and a half maybe away from Cambridge. Right. Okay. So. Maybe to people over there, that's a long way to go for a band practice or something like that. But mm. <laughs> yeah, you have to do it if that's the way it is. That's the closest one. You got to do it. Yeah. So that's what I do. And I enjoy it immensely still. It's it's never left me. And I, this is, I've actually been marching now for 50 years. Wow. So COVID has stopped the process of moving that on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm still, I've done it for 50 years at this point. So I'll uh, be doing it for as many more as that I can get out of it. Yeah. And that's the way it is. So talk to me a bit about what life was like in the Cambridge Crown Defenders prior to obviously COVID hitting in. You know, what was it like in regards to 
practices and so on, you know, and how do you, how do you keep people involved? And like, cause one of the things you were saying are obviously in terms of maybe when the scene was more vibrant, it was due to the fact that more people had emigrated and there was a, you know, a, a base of people from Northern Ireland, you know, obviously scattered around um, Ontario and Canada as a whole. And maybe it was easier to, to have members based on how did you just kind of maintain a membership base, you know, in the middle of all that? Well, strangely enough, our membership comes from long ways away. Um, it's all over the place. And we try to pick a place that's central for everyone to travel at equal times. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. And we practice at the Rangers Club. Right. Um, and we do, we do whatever we can. We've got the practices there. We've got the parades that we do every year. We do fundraising stuff to stay together at the Rangers Club. They mm -hmm. help us out which is good. There's actually a couple of Rangers clubs that will help us out and we play at certain places. We, we went to Calgary for NARSA, yeah. uh, 2018, I think it was, uh, we played there for the, the weekend. And that for me was the first time ever I've ever done that. And that was exciting. Just being there for the whole weekend seeing all mm -hmm. these Ranger fans and they're cheering. And that was an, that was an event that was, probably really stands out with, with us in the crown. It was mm -hmm. walking on the streets at night. You know, you're not supposed to unless you have permits, but you did it. <laughs> it's just what happened that weekend. It was just, it was an awesome weekend, but we do all kinds of stuff like that. We do trips and they want to go back again at some point. They were trying to, to go to Ireland again, but with COVID and everything, it sort of put a hold on everything. Yeah. But we do whatever we can. We could get together as we whatever we can do to get the membership membership going. We've got young people there that are learning. We've still got all the old veterans there. We've got everybody there that's trying to do, I've got new bass drummers starting and all this kind of stuff. And we just do whatever we can to keep them involved and keep them going and just to get together whatever way we can. And what was that like during COVID then, Graham? Obviously, you know, you, did you spend time on the likes of this doing Zoom and things like that? Or was it chat groups? Or how did, how did these keep people together during that? We do a chat group on Messenger where yeah. everybody's in it. And if there's any news or if you want to say hello or anything like that, talk about bands or anything else, we're all in there and we're just sending messages. We're all connected. So we all see the messages and we wish everybody happy birthdays and all this kind of stuff and just keeps everybody involved. And they're now, I'm getting a few messages already from people saying, do you know when this is going to start again? Do you know that the 12th mm -hmm. is going to go on or is it the next parade or anything? And so that's how we all communicate through all of this. We haven't been able to do any practicing. We've never tried the Zoom practicing. We mm -hmm. probably could have, but I just don't know much about the zoom this is new to me as well as it's only mm -hmm. I've been on it <laughs> but we do what we can to keep everybody updated and keep chatting away and just i think we've got even a new member that wants to join brilliant uh, which happened through this covid he said once this thing's over with he says i want to join i said that's awesome we'll let you know mm -hmm. when we're going again and then we'll just go from there so i think sometimes this covid thing might have helped a little bit mm because so many people have said they miss it. Mm, they want yeah. to talk about it. They want to do this. I miss doing this or this parade. And that's a good sign because that means they haven't lost their interest and they're willing to keep going as, as much as they possibly can. And I think that's great. Yeah. 
No, definitely. And I think whenever you, you know, when you talk about how the, the scene has kind of got so much smaller, you know, that it, it, it's really key that you have committed people. And that's a, it is a good saying that in the midst of all that, you're one, not only are you getting new people saying that they want to join, but you've got people saying, listen, chomping at the bit, let's get back at this, you know, let's, 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 when we get in the gallery to, to do this. And that, that's, that's a very, healthy you know a sort of place to be given the fact that you know that things have been so ridiculously different um to what we've been used to for you know the last sort of 40 50 years and so it's been a real it's through everybody a real a real curveball but i suppose what it does is it brings to fore what really matters to people as well doesn't it i think but i think you remember what you did and how much you actually miss it by not mm. doing it i really think people realize that it's like wow maybe we were busy doing this and we got tired sometimes but like they haven't done it for two years. Mm. So now oh, I really miss this. I want to get back at it. Like this is, yeah. and I think that maybe if the break might've helped a little bit in that, okay. but still something you miss and you don't want to stop it, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it might generate more membership because I'm hearing even lodges are getting new members now. Yeah, over. that's right. And that's a good thing. That is, it is. So, so it might help to keep things going a bit longer. Oh, hopefully so, because I know that I have been doing, I have been trying to talk to some of the guys from the Grand Orange Lodge, especially in sort of an Ontario, Ontario West, I think. And I know that they're growing massively in numbers. And I know that the guys that, you know, the lodge, there's a lodge in Thorold and there's an Orange Hall, I think, in Thorold, not that far away from um, where um, my sister lives. And uh, I was saying that the, the lodges there are, are growing in numbers and they've done a lot of stuff during lockdown in terms of trying to keep things you know they've had to change their bylaws i think you know in order to make sure that their their meetings can take place via zoom and and they've been doing a lot of really interesting and innovative things to keep themselves together and grow and i'm hoping that i can get somebody on from uh the orange in in canada you know onto the podcast to share a bit about what that's like because i think it's really good to, to keep that that connection going, you know, obviously in terms of the fact that there's a massive orange movement in Canada and keeping that connection with, you know, Northern Ireland and, you know, the, the brethren and the bonds and stuff here. I think it's really important um, to do that. Just in terms of, you know, obviously you've seen the best of the scene in, in Canada, you know, but how much has it changed now? Obviously you've already kind of intimated that there's a, a change, but how much has it actually changed from whenever you would have considered it to be at, maybe at its heyday? I think the only way that it has changed dramatically is just in numbers. Mm. It, it's, we still have the same enthusiasm for the ones that are there and the will to do it, but it's just the numbers that I think have really changed dramatically. And it's like, I remember them over 10,000 or so walking down the street and now we're, we're not near that, mm-hmm. but with like you say with all the members starting to join again with the lodges and the bands we're hoping maybe this will be a little bit of a resurgence and maybe we can get somewhat back but mm-hmm. i think drastically it's just the numbers that just yeah kind of changed everything but you enjoy it as the day comes and you, it's all you can do is just do your best yeah so I, i've even joined the lodge again as well cool. i've joined highland creek lol 2934 and that's in toronto uh, my dad was a member of that one, and my father-in-law was a member of that, and Norm Albert, he was a big, big pusher of accordion bands and lodges in Canada back mm-hmm. in the time, same time as my dad was. 
they both started bands up and they were both in the same lodge and they've been, I just felt I, I had to do this and go back to the same lodge and be a member again. I can't walk with them on the 12th because I'm in the mm -hmm. band, but yeah. it's like, at least I can be there and support them and do whatever I can to help out. And we do the Zoom meetings through the lodges. This, mm -hmm. is, this is like the third time I've been on too with, with the lodge. So, but it's, I can't wait to actually go down to the actual hall and mm -hmm. do it properly, you know, like, but we yeah. can't. So, but I, I don't know. I think it's, like I say, it's just the numbers. I think that kind of, I'm hoping we can get back to a little bit of something just to make it nice, you know? And I'm sure you probably got it in regard that, you know, that last year it was supposed to be the, the 200th, 12th of July parade in Toronto. And obviously there was a lot of, you know, excitement about that. And I think there was definitely a lot of uh, bonds and lodges from Northern Ireland that were planning um, to make the, the, the trip over. And, and I, I guess that, that that's still up in the air now in regards to when that particular parade, um, you know, take, takes place, I suppose, you know, because no, I was really looking forward to, to, to coming over. I know we had spoken about maybe being able to guess with the bond and stuff, you know, and then obviously this hit, and it kind of just seems to have got in the way of a major celebration, you know. What was the, the, the kind of, before all this kicked down, you know, whatever, obviously, you know, I was obviously excited about it, you know, it's the second longest running 12th of July parade in the world that happens in Toronto, and not everybody may be aware that that's, that that's the case. There had to be some serious excitement about that, and maybe there would be a connection with what you were talking about, that there's the potential that that parade was going to be absolutely massive. Yes, that there was so much excitement over that parade. Um, they're actually were changing the route back to what it normally was, what it would have been longer. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I've had to get used to. <laughs> but there was so much excitement, and there still is because they're still planning to do it. I believe next year. Okay. Um, I think the date they have so far is July sixteenth okay. of twenty. Um, as long as the COVID stuff doesn't interfere again, but uh, there were about five bands that I know of that were coming over to March in the parade. There were lodges coming from uh, Northern Ireland, Scotland. There were ones coming from England and the USA. There's a lodge wow. in the USA that was going to come. There were people from uh, the, I believe it was the Philippines that are orange men. They were okay. going to come for it. They're, they're all over the place. They just wanted to be coming to back to be a part of this 200th anniversary because they have a connection to Canada. And like the bands over there, some of them don't have maybe connections to Canada, but they wanted to be a part of it. Mm. And if, if, when, if they still come, which will be a good thing, it's going to be a great parade. There's like week-long festivities planned mm. uh, at this one area and it's just it's going to be so exciting to see so those bands over here again it'll be really nice to see and i'm looking forward to it and if anyone ever wants to be a part of it all they have to do is contact us you can guess with the band or you can guess with the lodges here they will take you in so just if you want to be a part get in touch with us and let's make it the biggest day and you'll see how the canadians celebrate the longest continuous parade in canada that's what it's known for, and it's mm -hmm. the anniversary, and Brilliant. it is a great day coming. Happy days! Can't wait. I mean, I'm, I really do hope that I I 
good to be a part of that there because you know obviously travel restrictions at the, at the minute you know mean that uh, if i was to arrive home i suppose I'm, i'd have to quarantine you know for uh, 10 days in a, in a hotel somewhere there's <laughs> not really a lot of a lot of point in that but and you no, know, I'll do we offer. So folks, definitely, you know, whenever if this goes ahead on the 16th of July, 2022, folks, make sure if you can get out to Canada to be involved in one of the longest running 12th of July parades and support the Canadian brethren, support the Canadian lodges, support the Canadian bonds, and get out there and let's have a massive celebration together. Um, in brilliant weather, I would hope. And. <laughs> and uh, you know I think that would be absolutely amazing and I know I was talking to a couple of other bands and they're saying that because there is maybe uh, it throws it up into next year that there may be a possibility of some other bands making it over I know I was, I was talking with all my Protestant boys recently and they were saying that they were thinking about you know making the, the trip to Canada and I think that would be amazing for them because they did a, a trip to Savannah not yes. that long ago they did a St. Patrick's parade funnily enough and uh, they're talking about maybe trying to bring a, a bond over for the the 12th in Canada. I think that would be amazing as well. But no, I think that let's let's hope that that yes. 2022 is the year, and that we all get to have a, a massive gathering together. And I think you know what I think that would be really useful even for the scene as a whole, Graham. I think you know being able to see a massive parade, something that's a throwback to you know where, what it used to be, could yes. be a real inspiration. Um, to you know the bonds, the brethren there, and everything, and even just the waiter, you know, population as opposed to say, well, listen, here, this is something you can get involved in, you, you know, and this is something that you can kind of connect with because there, there's something there for everybody. Yes, there, a lot of people were excited to hear all these bands coming. They really were. They wanted to see them. Some they've seen before that were going to come, but they want to see them again because they have friends in it. Mm -hmm. And one, our band, the Crown Defenders, they apparently they had friends with another band that was coming that year yeah. and they want to see them again. They can't wait to get them back over here. Mm. So it's, there's so much excitement for that. And it's going to, I think it could spark new interest. I, yeah. I really, it would really help the scene to maybe get some new members, whether it's lodges or bands, no matter what it is, if you gain four or five members, you've won. And that's mm. the whole, this whole thing. Brilliant. Well, that, that's good to hear. And I really hope that that does, that is the case. And I know I'll, da I'll definitely be doing my best to be over as well and try and bring as many people as I can over. I, I want to bring my own kids over and stuff and I want to say, listen, you know, let's let's take a trip back. Um, but also let's let's get a parade in as well, you know. That would be yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, Graham, you've also you've maybe you've touched on some of this, you know, and I think it's um in regards to the positives, you know, um, in regards to the bonds bring to people's lives. What are some of those positives for you? What have you got out of being a member of a bond? Well, learning music, which was back in the day, some people would say it kept you off the streets mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, but learning music, learning to meet new people, new friends, getting your family involved, that's, it just makes it so much easier when all those three areas right there are part of it. Because if you enjoy that, then what? why wouldn't you want to do that? It could just that's a positive for me because there's so many people you meet in different bands and you see them every parade, you see them somewhere else in the mall somewhere. Maybe you might bump into them. And, oh, I know him such and such, but it's, it's just the amount of people you meet. It's, it's amazing. It's, 
it's just all over and it's it's a positive thing it's there's nothing bad about it i think music is awesome and i love all kinds of music but and i love military music i love the 12th music i love it all i love flutes i love accordions i love pipes it's just when you're around it all i think it's an amazing sight to see all these people learning an instrument that maybe you know and it supports the heritage it supports fun and laughter and meeting up with people i think that's what more positive could you get out of that i think that's yeah. the best what else do you do to, to promote the, the heritage and culture in canada because i know you, you do a couple of other wee bits and pieces there i know you have you do some of the like almost there, there's like bond figures and things you, you put together a wee bit of that and you and i think you do some you used to do like a wee bit of memorabilia stuff and souvenir based things around that is it, you still are you still doing all that i'm still doing the band figures um i felt that it's something i wanted to do because it's in my own home i've got uh, at least probably about seven or eight bands that i've done on a table sitting in another room oh, it's all got the parade scene it's got everything uh, it's all lined up. They're all walking and doing their bit. Uh, COVID didn't stop them. So, <laughs> but it's it's what I love to do. And I think if 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 you if a band was to fold, which God forbid you don't want, but you want to keep a memory of that band, mm-hmm. I look at it as why not get a band set made and have it in your home and say that was the band I was a part of. It could be painted the same way. Everything. It just, that's how I thought of it when I first started doing it because I did my own accordion band to start with because mm-hmm. I missed that. But other people started seeing them and then I started selling them. And then I got bands over here sold. I got, I did, oh geez, I did so many bands overseas. I did Ulster Grenadiers. I did South Belfast Conquerors. I did them five times, five mm-hmm. different people wanted them. So that was a lot of purple. <laughs> I did them. I've done Pride of the Main a couple times. Uh, Belly Hubbard I did once. And I've done that. I've done North Down Defenders. Um, they're all in homes over there. And I've done lodge members and I do banners. It's not just bands. I can do the lodges mm-hmm. as well. You send me a good photos of your lodge front and back. And I just put them onto a banner size, a small figure size with two men carrying it. Mm-hmm. keepsake it's just uh, why wouldn't you want to have that in your home at least it's yeah. always there you can see it you may not have to walk it but you can see it it's right there and it's just a keepsake i do all that kind of stuff i've got all kinds of stuff here like that yeah how did you end up in the the, the figurine thing you know obviously where, where did that actually come from in terms of your own kind of interest like i said it just it's something you see all these, I go on the internet, I used to go on the internet a long time ago on eBay and stuff like that, and they would sell pipe band figures. Mm. And I'm going, you know, nobody does an accordion band. Nobody does a flute band. Like, wh- why? There's got to be a market for that. Uh, mm-hmm. there, maybe some people would like to see that uh, and for a change instead of just pipe bands or trumpet bands or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So that's how I just, I found somebody, some guy that was gonna, willing to make them for me. He has the molds and makes them, and all I do is paint them. Cool. I paint the, the colors of the band that is there, and that's how I started it. I did it personally, and then people saw it and wanted to get their own done. And I said, not a problem. I can do that for you. Right now. And that's just how it started. It just 
I just wanted to see a different one. I wanted to see accordion and flutes. I thought, why not? They, they can have figures too, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how it started, basically. Brilliant. And, and it's great today because it, obviously the it links in with your ongoing passion with bonds. And I mean, I mean, it's probably a wee bit of a labor of love rather than a chore in any shape or form, you know, and, and another way of you being able to sort of contribute to one, the, the, the history and the heritage of the, of the bond scene and give people, as you say, a keepsake, a memento potentially of things that are, are really, really important to them. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about, one of the things that I try to focus a lot in on the podcast as well, Graham, is around what bonds do for their community. And I'm just wondering what maybe you guys on bonds that you, that are in, in Canada do to maybe give back to the community, either in a charitable sense or any other sense? There are, there are a lot of uh, charities that bands will pick uh, that they choose to help out with. Um, we do, we've got, I believe the crown has gone, done some old folks places and stuff like that. They love to hear certain tunes as they're walking by or they're sitting outside and, kind of hard to put a flute band inside maybe sort of thing but mm. it's like outside stuff but uh, there's one we do every year and it's uh where is it now alice is it shelburne i think it's shelburne or alliston there's a home there and they all sit outside and they watch the parade as it go by because it's just a festival parade mm-hmm. so we're in it every year and we walk by and we slow and then we stop march for a while while they're sitting out there and they just love hearing the music and they know the songs some of them know the songs and they just it's just to see the enjoyment that they like it's nice to see them get out and see something else instead of where they are you know mm-hmm. that's what we do and we do charitable stuff as well all bands do it and they just give back and we just try to help anybody out that we can that's what we do brilliant it's, it's great to hear because one of the things that i'm really you know conscious of here graham talking to you is that Aside from the accent and the 3,000 mile distance, it sounds like I'm talking to someone who would be in a bond just here. And why would not be the case, you know, in terms of, you know, the same, the same passion, the same connection to people, the same, you know, connection in regards to relationships and the music and, and being able to, to give back to the community and the, the sense of feeling part of something and preserving, you know, history and heritage and stuff. And that's come across really, really clear in, in what, you know, what you're saying um, to me about, you know, the, the bonds in, in Canada. And I think it's really great that we've had an opportunity to, to bring you on to the podcast to share that because it, it, it's easy to stay in your own wee bubble and kind of go, well, this is the scene here. There's bonds from Scotland and then, but yet 3,000 miles away, there's bonds in, you know, Toronto and beyond that that are, that are, are trying to do exactly the same thing and keep them themselves on the road and sometimes we would talk here about you know all the bond scenes and a wee bit of trouble and whatever else and you're looking at it and going listen there's 620 bonds here (laughs) and (laughs) you know go somewhere where there's maybe 35 or 40 bonds if that and uh, try and keep the scene alive there but it's, it's been amazing to hear that one yeah, it's it's when you like when you said there was there's bands maybe folding there or something, but you've got over six hundred bands and stuff, and we're going. You know what? Just send a few over because we'll take. <laughs> it's it's we're just trying to keep them going as much as we possibly can and for as long as we can because we don't have the people here anymore that we used to. Mm-hmm. Going, so we're doing our best. We're doing what we can to keep it going as long as we possibly can. And like you say, it's the longest running parade outside 
probably the UK for the 12th. And I don't think a lot of people know that. Mm. Uh, that's maybe something that should have been advertised a little bit more often. Yeah, but, definitely. I think the orange have got something to do with that too. You know, you know, yes. um, Graham, the, 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 the Grand Orange Lodge could be doing something around that. I guess that's a PR, you know, yes. um, <laughs> that's a present in terms of um, promotions. And so saying, listen, you know, here, especially with the stuff that we face here in Northern Ireland around, you know, people saying that it's a dividing thing and all that kind of stuff. We're kind of, well, listen, this stuff exists, you know, right across the world or people that connected us and, and, and love this. And I, even for me, you know, I don't know whether you were here for the, the tour centenary in 1990. Um, I think there was a couple of Canadian bonds here for that. But one of the things that I had noticed as well was obviously there was the, there was a, the lodge of, of first nation, um, yes. you know, people here as well, you know, the first nation tribe was here. I don't know why I can say tribe or not, but hopefully that's all right. I know this completely <laughs> correct thing in regards to what, um, you, you know, but even they were here, you know, yes. and, uh, you know, it was, it was great to, to see just that diversity. And, and that's one thing that we're not really known for. People kind of see it as being cl as a closed shop, but it's, it's, it's actually really diverse. There's a lot of diversity involved, um, within the orange and with, within the bonds as well. So Graham, what's your hopes for the future then? Obviously you've already said you want to see this thing grow a bit more, but what would your hopes be for the, the, the crown defenders? Well, for the crown, I just want to be able to keep it going for as long as we possibly can, um, get more membership. I think this parade coming up will help. Uh, like I said, we've already got somebody who wants to join, and I think that's a good sign. Um, we've got kids involved, and we're just going to try and get more kids and keep it going. Um, hopefully, a trip back home would be nice. Mm. A time or so, maybe a couple more times, we don't know. It would be nice to do that. Um, we would like to be part of stuff over there as well. And I would like to be part of this band over there as well because I had my own there. Um, and a lot of people want to go. So it's just a matter of getting the right timing, the right year to do it, getting past all this again to do mm -hmm. it. But, uh, just to grow stronger and stronger is just the main thing, just to keep it going for as long as we can. and. That's that's I think that's the main goal for us, just to keep it as it is. Brilliant. That's not well. I hope you do that. And, and if there's anything that I can do along the way in regards to, to making some of that stuff happen, whenever you decided you you are ready to to walk the streets of Belfast or somewhere else again, then you know I'll definitely do all the con to to, to kind of promote that. And if there's stuff we can do fundraising with our own bonds or things like that, there then. We'll see what we can we can put together because we we really do need to, to support each other um regardless of wherever in the world uh, we find ourselves we're all part of one big massive family and uh we need to we need to show the world that we're we're united together in regards to our, our history and our heritage and that, that we're proud of who we are and uh, and what we do as well man. so graham i just want to say listen thank you very much man, for taking the time um, to, to speak to me and uh, to share something of your story and uh, something of the bonds in Canada. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure and a privilege and from listening to you and I, I often say this to people but you definitely are made the parade and uh, it, it's something that it's, it's obviously in the in the blood and it's been in the family's blood for, for quite some time and it's a pleasure and a privilege to connect with a bondsman so far away but so still still so close. Oh yes, still strong. It always will be.
Right Thank on. you so much for having me, though. Not a problem at all. Well, there you go, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, I had a great time talking to, to Graham. And uh, you can just hear it in his voice. I mean, that, that guy loves Bond. He loves his culture. And he'll, he'll do whatever he can to keep things going and keep things strong where he is in, in Canada. And uh, definitely check them out online, you know, and uh, give them your support in any way you can. And if there are bonds that are heading out for the parade in Toronto next year, um, why don't you let us know? It would be great to, to kind of hook up with people while we're out there and maybe arrange for a good contingent from, from Northern Ireland to go over there and celebrate um, a, a 12th parade in Canada with, with all the, the bonds and the, the orange men over there. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Okay, moving on to next week's episode, then we are going to be joined by Ian Marshall from the Govan Protestant Boys, and uh, I know you'll really enjoy that episode, and uh, it's a great time talking with Ian, another fantastic bondsman, and just someone that, you know, click with straight away in terms of the conversation, and uh, some great stories there, some great insights into his story, and the reason why he's still involved with bonds today. Big thank you to everybody who has supported the fundraiser on GoFundMe recently and uh, it's got some good support going on there and uh, maybe if you haven't contributed that yet and you'd like us to move into new areas and do new things then maybe even consider um, donating to Made the Parade that way. If you'd like to support us on a more regular basis then you can also use our Patreon page which is patreon.com forward slash made to parade and there's a number of options there and i just want to say a word of thanks to all our regular patrons there who support the podcast month by month you are very important to us here and you help us uh, keep doing what we love doing so that's us for now so until the next episode look after yourselves and take it easy you have been listening to the made to parade podcast sponsored by the british drum company where Phantom, Regimental Series and Axial Parade Drums are hand-built in the UK to look amazing, sound amazing and feel amazing. (laughs) 